Welcome, MyDearBrother.com and MyDearSister.com, the answer for a faith. We're talking about Jesus heals today. And here's uh, episode number four. A rejected body is a sick body. We're going to talk about body acceptance. It's something that goes around the news a lot about accepting our bodies, no matter what state they're in. But if you don't accept your body, because you know a, a rejected body is a sick body, and there's a lot of people who reject their body. So let's go into number one. Life is more than a, a spiritual experience. I talked about this a lot in a previous episode that we would like to be spiritual, but we don't like the natural. We think the natural is evil. And so if we think these bodies are evil, then we don't have, we're going to hate these bodies. We think these bodies are full of sin. We're going to hate these bodies. But John 1.14, it says, The Word became flesh. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us and saw His glory. And glory as the one begotten from the Father, the full of grace and truth. The flesh matters. Jesus became flesh. Jesus being the Word of God became flesh because the flesh matters. Matthew 23, uh, Matthew 23, verse 1 through 3. Let's go towards the end of that. And all that they tell you, well, let's, no, let's start the whole thing. Then Jesus spoke to the crowds and disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees have seated themselves in the chair of Moses. Therefore, all that they tell you do and observe, but do not do according to their deeds, for they say things, and but do not do them. They say things but not do them because they're always talking about spiritual things. They, you know, they're always, you know, they don't want, but they don't do their deeds because they seem to not care about their deeds. They only seem to care about their doctrine, but their doctrine never filtered down into their physical things, into their into their life. Uh, Luke eleven twenty seven through twenty eight. While Jesus was saying these saying these things, one of the women in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, "Blesses a womb." that bore you and the breast of which you nursed. But he said, on the contrary, blessed are those who hear the word of God and observe it. Why we seem to live, and Jesus lived in the same people, because you know we don't evolve. The people back in Jesus' day are the same people. We may have more knowledge in things, but we're not a, a new version of a human. There's never been a new version of a human. There's only been one human from Adam to Adam to us, the first Adam to the last Adam to us. There is no evolution. We're the same way. People thought the same way. People felt the same way. People wanted the same way all the way back from the beginning even to now. And one things that people seem to happen, you know, back with the Pharisees, I talked to Matthew 23, and with this woman who says, blessed are you, who, you know, uh, who, <laughs> who received nursing. And Jesus responds, you know, blessed are those who, who do it. We're not just spiritual beings. Our spiritual being influences our natural being. Our natural being matters. Do you believe the word of God can still become flesh? I'm not talking about Jesus becoming flesh, but I'm talking about can the word of God become flesh? Can the word of God affect this flesh? Can the word of God affect this body? Can the word of God affect your government? Can the word of God affect your church, your family? Can the word of God affect your job? Can the word of God be man manifest in flesh? Is the word of God a theory to you or is it real? Because if it's a theory, then it means it's just up here. The theory that, that God was going to bring a Savior would seem to just be a theory, you know, up there. Because they, they taught, you know, they taught to believe, but they didn't taught, teach to do. Don't be just hearers of the world of the word, but be doers. Can the word of God be acted upon? Are you a hearer only? Let's move on to number two um, about body acceptance. Is uh, glorify God in your body. Listen to this. Listen to this. First Corinthians 
uh, 6, 18 through 20. It says, flee immorality. Every other sin and that man commits is outside the body, but the immoral man sins against his own body. It's the reason a lot of people are sick because sin is in their own body. But listen to this, what I got to say here. What's Not what I got to say, but scripture says. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Why does God care about your body? Because it is a temple of the Holy Spirit. It's just not some sin, sinful pile of dirt. It is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you and whom you have God and who and you are not your own. Jesus bought these very bodies that are that are slated to die one day. If Jesus knows come back and, and, and receive us unto his own. That that's, these bodies are gonna die. But he bought these bodies. He bought these bodies. For you have not for you have been bought up, uh, been bought with a price. Therefore glorify, glorify, glorify God in your body. Not just glorify God with your mouth. Glory to God. That's good. But it says glorify God in your body. Does your body matter? Now, that doesn't mean, now I'm not saying that if you're sick or diseased, you're not glorifying God in your body. That's not true at all. So don't, so, but we need to glorify. I'm just stating how, how God sees these bodies, these bodies that are failing, these bodies that are sick, these bodies that one day will die. How does God view these bodies now? Not later when we get glorified bodies, but how does God view these bodies now? Because if we don't view these bodies the way God views these bodies, there's no way we're going to receive healing. There's no way we're going to see what God wants in these bodies because we don't view them or value them. God, God values it because he sees these as the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, man, there's a whole thing I want to teach here, but I can't. Your soul may belong to God, but your belongs to me. Have you ever heard somebody say that? <laughs> your soul may belong to God, but your blank belongs to me. That's not true statement. Jude 9. But Michael the archangel, when he disputed with the devil and argued about the body of Moses, did not dare pronounce against him a railing judgment, but said, The Lord rebuke you. So Moses, if you read about Moses, you find out that, that Moses could not enter the promised land, that God... Uh, took him away and that God buried him. But here it seems that, that, that the devil and, and Michael were arguing over the body about who owned the body. Well, the devil doesn't own your body. You may, you may rent your body to the devil. You may sell your body to the devil. But the, Satan does not own your body. God owns your body. And here's Michael in, in, a, in a debate over the devil. And we know uh, uh, reading in Deuteronomy. So, in Deuteronomy 34, 4, 7. This is good stuff, guys. You need to get this. And I'm and I'm getting more of it right now. And the Lord said to him, This is the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I'll give it to your descendants. I'll, I have let you see it with your own eyes, but you shall not go over there. So Moses, a servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab. So here's Moses who left the congregation, left all his people, and went to view it he, in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he buried him. Who buried him? God buried him in the valley in the land of Moab, opposite Beth Peor. But no man knows his burial place to this day. Although Moses was 120 years old and died, and his eyes were not dim, nor his vigor abated. So Moses didn't die even of a sickness or disease here. But let me talk about this other part first. That God buried him, and nobody knows where he's buried. But there seemed to be some contention between Michael and the devil, because the devil thought the body ought to belong to him. But even though Moses' body did not belong to the devil, and your body does not belong to the devil, no matter how many times you used the body for the devil. Your body does not belong to the devil. Your body belongs to God, especially if you're blood 
bought. Jesus paid for the price of your spirit, soul, body. You're not your own. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body, your temple belongs to God. But the second part of this, it says Moses was 120 years old and died. His eyes were not dim, which means he didn't need these spectacles. <laughs> Nor was his vigor abated, means he was strength. Moses did not die of a sickness disease. Moses, you know, some people, you know, people think you have to die of sickness disease. And, and we call it even old age when they say, well, they died because they had a heart attack. Well, no, no I'm not going to go into that right now. But Moses did not die of sickness disease. And so we're talking about body acceptance here. I know a rejected body is a sick body. We do, if we can get you to quit rejecting your body, then you'll be open to, to, to God healing your body. You'll be open to taking care of your body better as well. Our bodies are clean. Listen to this. Hebrews 10, 19-22. Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he inaugurated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart, full of assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean with an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Now, some people may say, well, that, that means our spiritual body. No, I think it means more than that. Our bodies. Jesus is the one. Remember, Jesus is the one that told, told the disciples, says, or told the Pharisees, you know, if you wash inside the cup, the, the outside will be clean as well. This is what he's talking about here. When you become born again, you get a new spirit, a clean spirit, a spirit that does not know dirtiness, a spirit that does not know cleanness. And once you have that spirit, it, it starts cleansing on the outside too. So if you're born again, you start walking away from things, you know, sin that causes you to feel dirty and be dirty. And our bodies are washed with pure water. If you read the reading scripture, you start feeling clean. Jesus washed these bodies with clear, with pure water. Matthew 23, 25 through 26. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup of the dish, but inside they are full of robbery and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup of the dish, and the outside of it may become clean also. Um, John 13, 5 through 11. This, this is about when Jesus is getting ready to wash the feet of the disciples. And then Peter's kind of putting up a, a, a reason that, that Jesus sh shouldn't do this. And Jesus answers, If I do not wash you, you have no part in me, Simon Peter. And Simon Peter said to him, Lord, then wash not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. So not only my feet, but my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, He who has bathed needs only to wash his feet, but he is... But it's completely clean. You are clean, but not all of you. For he knew the one who was betraying him. For this reason, he said, not all of you are clean. When Jesus made us clean, we're born and, and blood-bought, born again, we are clean. And, and, when, and there's one thing that, and, and why did Peter, he's talking about, then if you're going to wash my feet, why do you say wash my hands and my head too? Why didn't he say just give me a complete bath? Because if you look back, you know, about Moses and, 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 the, and the Exodus, He's talking about, you know, the, the last curse that was put on Egypt. It says the first sons that were born. He says, but you want these curses, then you're supposed to put blood on the on the door. You put a blood on the on the sides, and you put blood on the top. But you don't put blood on the bottom because you don't want to cross the, 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 the bloodline. But you're protected from the death and sickness and disease by the blood on the sides of the door and blood on top. And so here's here's Peter saying, if you're gonna wash my feet, then also wash my hands. Because this is the side of the door. Jesus is the door. Jesus is a door. And, and, and that's what Jesus is showing because Jesus is getting ready to crucified. And here is the blood on his hands, right? And the blood on his head. Remember the, 
the, around here, and he also had blood on it on his feet too. So he had blood on the four ways. So when we, when we come into Jesus, the door, the, the blood surrounds us. But he is washing here. You don't need to wash your hands because the blood's already been, been applied there. You don't need to wash your head because the blood's applied there. But your feet, your feet are walking into some things that are unclean. Your feet still get dirty. And so I'm going to have to wash your feet. There's some things that you don't want to do, as Paul going to put it, says the things I don't want to do, I do do. And the things I, I do do, or do want to do, but I don't do. And so Jesus has to wash our feet because sometimes we get into messes we, we didn't intentionally mean to get into, but we do. So Jesus still washes our feet. And, and so, so but, but he's saying, he says, we're made clean. We're made clean. Uh, your body is perishable. Your body, this body is perishable, but are, but holy as well. So these bodies are perishable, but these bodies are also holy. H-O-L-Y, holy. Romans 12, 1. You got to hear this. Our bodies are holy. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God. Prevents our bodies a living and holy sacrifice. These bodies are living and holy to God. These bodies are living and holy to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. You do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you may prove that the will of God, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. Now, most of the time, especially, you know, in, in church, we're talking about renewing your mind, but we're not talking about presenting your bodies a living and acceptable sacrifice, you know, to God. We're talking about renewing your mind, but we're not talking about making sure the deeds of our hands, you know, and our bodies being presented to God, you know, in a right way. But he's talking about these bodies are living and these bodies are holy and should be, ex and they're acceptable to God. Because these, God considers these bodies holy. That's powerful. First Corinthians 7.34. The woman who is unmarried and a virgin is, is, this is Paul talking about, and is concerned about the things of the Lord, that she may be holy, that she may be holy in both body and spirit. Holy in body and spirit. But the one who is married is concerned about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. 1 Corinthians 7, 34. Let me say, well, does that mean a woman who's married is not holy? No. Well, what do we call marriage? What did they used to call marriage? Holy matrimony holy matrimony so where these bodies once again is shown in scripture that they're holy so if god sees your body as holy then why don't we see our body as holy and if we saw our self body as holy then we can receive we'd be a whole lot more open to receive healing but first corinthians 15 42 through 43 chapter 15 uh, verse 42 for 43. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in a perishable body, but is raised in an imperishable body. So one day our body is going to be imperishable, but right now it's perishable, but it is holy. Right now our body is holy, although it's dying, it is still holy. So treating the body with disdain. Once again, we're talking about, you know, if you reject your body, a rejected body is a sick body. We're talking about body acceptance. Most people do not accept their body. Either because it's it's overweight or because your ears are too small, your nose is too big, your eyes are cross-eyed, you know, your, you can't get enough muscle, your legs longer than the other or whatever it is, you disdain, you hate your body. And as long as you hate and reject your body, you're going to have a sick body. Treating the body with disdain. Paul talks about that. It is not your body... That is making you sin. It is what your choice is, what you're choosing. Your body is not dragging you into sin. Your body may feel like sinning. Your body may feel like lying, but it's your soul that's doing those things. 
asceticism or asceticism. I can't pronounce that word properly. I'm sorry here. But it's pretty much, it is something I can be given to. It's a renunciation of material possessions and physical pleasures. It's a physical, some people even physically crucify themselves. They think this whole world is sinful, corrupt, and so nothing is good in this world. It's the only thing that matters is spiritual. So there's people that even crucify themselves for an hour because they think it's purifying themselves. They hate their body. They're crucifying. They take the scripture about crucifying yourself literally. That's not what it means. Whippings. You've seen those people whipping themselves. So other religions do it, but even some Christians do it. They hate their body. They think they're paying for the one's own sin. A lot of people are sick because they think they, that's a penalty of sin. You know, the wage of sin is death, and death comes in many different ways, and there's many different sizes of wages. You know, minimum wage, and maximum wage is eternal death. Minimum wage may be sickness, but they seem to think they have to pay for it. That, that you know, that Jesus took the penalty of sin upon them, but then he, we're made here sick, and so now we have to pay for it with our, with our bodies. Removal of desire, because desire is sin, it causes temptation. You know, this is mostly in Buddhism, but even Christians do it. If I can just crucify this body and no longer have desires for pleasant things, then I can't be tempted. But the thing is, desire doesn't come from these bodies. These bodies, you know, are... Desire comes from the soul, comes our, from our mind, our will, and our emotions. It's not from this, this, this body. This body is a complete servant of our soul. This body, in fact, it says to be, you know, to be, you know, to be dead is, is for us to be separated from this body. Remove of desire because of sin, so cause temptation. So if I just, out of mind, out of sight, if I don't see pleasant things, if I don't believe for, you know, certain things, then, then I won't be tempted. Because they seem, they seem to think that, that this body is what's tempting them. They, so they think it is their body that sins and, and it's not a choice of the soul. Not a choice of their emotions, mind, or will. Let's go to Colossians 2.15, uh, chapter 2, verses 15 through 23. It says, When he disarmed the rulers of authorities, he made public display of them, having triumphed over them and through him. Therefore, no one is to act as your judge regarding food or drink or in respect of festival, new moon, or Sabbath day. These things are a mere shadow which is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one keep in defrauding you. Let no one keep defrauding you of your prize by delight and self-abasement, delight and self-abasement, and the worship of the angels, taking a stand on visions he has seen, inflated with the cause of his fleshly mind. He's talking about once again people being more spiritual and hating the natural, thinking these bodies, you know, are too sinful to God to care about. And so these people delight in self-abasement. They delight in visions. They delight in secret knowledge that's beyond the written word of God. Not holding fast to the head from which the whole entire body being uh, supplied and held together by the joints and ligaments, growth and growth, which is form, which is from God. If you have died of Christ to the elementary principles of the world, died to Christ to the elementary principles of the world. Why as if you are living in the world, do you submit yourself to decrees such as do not hand, do not taste, do not touch, which all refers to those things destined to perish with us in accordance with the commandments and teachings of men. These are matters which you have to be sure in the parents of wisdom and self-made religion and self-abasement and severe treatment of the body, but of no value against fleshly indulgence. Because people think the sin in this body. So if I put a rubber band on my, on my hand and everything, if I think the wrong thought, I snap it and bring myself pain, then I won't be tempted. And, now that, and that may work for a while, but it doesn't work. We say, do not touch, do not handle, do not taste. The senses. We say, if I don't see something, then I'm not going to be tempted. So I'm not going to look at things. I'm not going to taste things. I'm not going to feel things. Because they always 
they're in fact they're denying these bodies of certain things. Some people fast as a as a payment, you know, for sin or fast because they're 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 trying to crucify their flesh. And the fasting does put the flesh in the right place. But he's talking about hurting yourself. There's many people who have hurt themselves with fasting for the wrong purpose, for the wrong reason, in the wrong way. Galatians 5.24 does tell us to crucify the flesh. 1 Corinthians 9.27 does tell us to buffet the body. Matthew 6, 16 through 18 does tell us about fasting. Philippians 4, 11 through 12 does talk to us about contentment. And Matthew 16, uh, verse 24 does talk about self-denial. But beating these bodies up and, 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 and taking glory and self-abasement, you know, and, and, and denying this body the needs of eating healthy, of eating right, of, of a certain pleasures in, in certain realms, you know, of certain things. Scripture, Paul talks about when, you know, when you're seeking God, take some time off, but don't deny a husband and a wife, you know, of, 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 of physical pleasure, lest you be tempted of the devil. So, but there's some people that think if, if I just crucify this flesh, not the way scripture tells us to do it, they think the sin is in the body. So if I can just beat this body down, then I'm not going to sin. They think because they think the body is to lead them to sin. No, it's your soul. It's your mind, will, and emotions. What's causing you to do those things? If a sick and a rejected body is a sick body. Now we're on number seven. <laughs> yeah, I probably should have separated this one too. Is, is our body weak or is our body evil? Is your body weak or is your body evil? Matthew 26, 40 through 41. And he came to disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, So you men could not keep watch for me for an hour. Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The flesh is weak. Jesus did not call this flesh evil. He called it weak. Your flesh, your body can be used for good purposes or it can be used for bad purposes, evil purposes. But the flesh in itself is weak. It's not either good or evil. It's weak. Colossians chapter 3, verse 5 through 7. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, greed, which amounts to idolatry. So we're supposed to consider these bodies dead to those things. You know, uh, it's not these, this, this, those things aren't in our body, but those our body, but those things, uh, our body is dead to those things. So we don't pick up those things. So this body doesn't pick up immorality. So these bodies do not pick up impurity. So these bodies do not pick up evil desire and greed, which amounts to idolatry. These bodies don't have to be used for those reasons. It's only when these bodies are used for those reasons do we do evil things. But these bodies themselves are not evil. Romans six, chapter or Romans chapter six, verses seventeen through nineteen. But I'm going to read the last part of that. So now present your members as slaves to righteousness, resulting in sanctification. These members, this mouth, you know, these hands, you know, these feet, present them as slaves to righteousness. Because these bodies, these this body is a slave either to righteousness or under righteousness. You're either carried off of one or the other. These bodies are no more than slaves. These bodies do not have the mind of their own. You may think they do because when their stomach growls and you know you're led that way, and 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 Bible does talk about our stomach, you know, many people's stomachs lead them, but that's a that's talking about the, the soul as well. Genesis chapter two verse twenty-four. Ashamed of your body, for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked. And we're not ashamed. 
So here they were, they were in a garden, they're both naked and not ashamed. There's many of you that, you know, it's talking about not to be ashamed, you know, when a man sees his wife naked or, uh, or a woman sees his, uh, her husband naked. But later on, you find them that they are ashamed and they start covering up, covering up their bodies. And it's talking about that. But there's many of men and women that are ashamed to be naked even in themselves. You get, you get in the shower, get in the bath, and you want to get clothes as, as quick as possible because you're ashamed of your body. You can't even stand in front of a mirror, you know, for 10 seconds because you're ashamed of your body. Some people are ashamed of their face. They don't like it. You know, I've heard of people, you know, blacking out or taking all, out all mirrors, you know, out of their presence, out of their house because they hate, hate their body so much. You know, and if you if you reject your body, your rejected body is a sick body. You ought not to be ashamed of your body, even if your body is not in perfect shape or perfect condition or or part of the pretty people. Isaiah fifty two fourteen. This is how. This, listen to this. This is what Jesus did. Isaiah is talking about Jesus on that cross. What Jesus went through. Just as there were many who were appalled at him. His appearance was so disfigured, talking about Jesus on that cross. His appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any man in his form, marred beyond human likeness. So they looked at Jesus. He didn't even look like a human being. He's probably so swollen and so pussy and so bloated that he didn't even look like a person anymore. His appearance was so disfigured. Isaiah goes on in fifty, uh, chapter 50, verse 6 through 7. It says, and Jesus is talking, I gave my back to those who stri strike me. Jesus gave his back to him, who struck him. <clears throat> we don't know how many stripes he took. We know under the law of Moses that you got 40 stripes. And we know that Jesus, the Jews did gave 30 stri 39 stripes, lest they miscounted and gave, and gave more than 40. Because you see through, throughout scripture that God would give you over to your enemy but if you, and to correct you. But if your enemy went beyond God's correction, then God was mad at your enemy and then brought the same thing upon the enemy. And then I'll get into that teaching some other time. But, so they're afraid, you know, to go over 39 stripes. But we don't know how many stripes that Jesus got because uh, it wasn't the Jews giving the stripes as the Romans. But I imagine it was probably the law because Jesus fulfilled the law. So I imagine it was 40 stripes. But I can't prove that. But Jesus said, I gave my back to those who strike me and my cheeks to those who pluck out the beard so they're plucking out the beard man i did not you know and grown hair or pulled that out man it was swollen bleeding disfigured i did not cover my face i did not cover my face with humiliation and spitting jesus not covering face as they're humiliating him as they're cursing him he did not look down you know how somebody would call you maybe he called you ugly you know uh, i've been called ugly many times when i was young you know, look down because you're ashamed. But Jesus did not look down when when they're cursing him and cussing him and call him every name of the book and call him, the, you know, those kind of things. And when they're spitting on him, he didn't turn away, but he looked him straight in the eye. Even when when uh, when Peter denied Jesus three times, it says Jesus looked upon him. Jesus did not turn away. Jesus didn't feel bad like he was something because he was being denied. And many people that's you know watching this video or listening to it. You look down because somebody denied you. You feel ashamed when it should be their shame. But Jesus said, I did not cover my face with humiliation and spitting. For the Lord God helps me. Therefore, I am not disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like flint. And I know that I will not be ashamed. I will not be ashamed. We're talking about Jesus saying this when he doesn't even look like a human being anymore. And some of you are ashamed. You know. 
that you can't even look, look at yourself. You can't even look at yourself in the mirror because you're ashamed of, of what you look like. You're ashamed of who you are. And Jesus took that shame, took that disgrace upon himself so that you and I don't have to be ashamed. And it's not your body that's sinful. It's not your body that God hates. He, he hates sin, but he doesn't hate you as a person. So, so receive your healing today. Receive your healing because it's not your body that you need to be ashamed of. No matter what condition it is, no matter what it looks like, what shape it's in, you can look in the mirror and say, God loves me. God loves me. I am not ashamed. Even if you brought, out, brought it on on yourself, do not be ashamed because Jesus took that shame upon him. Mydearbrother.com, mydearsister.com, be well.